So while we wait for our guest, David Grubb, I just want to say to everybody, happy Easter. I hope everyone had a good day with their family, friends, wherever they were. Maybe today's the first time they saw their family in weeks, or maybe many months, or maybe since the pandemic started. Um, You know, this pandemic was a true test for family or relationships or just anything being out of work. And as a whole world that if we can make it through with this pandemic and do how we did, we can get through anything. It's a true test and it's important. Um, if you're a Boston Red Sox fan, you're not so happy. You're miserable. You got swept by the worst team in Major League Baseball. If you're the New York Yankees, we saw this weekend... From Thursday and yesterday and today, we saw what I always, always talk about. James, what do I talk about is the Yankees' biggest flaw? Hitting with the runners in scoring position. They can't seem to do it. John Carl Stanton is hitless. Aaron Judge, through three games, did today. 314. 314. A guy who's looking for 150 plus goddamn million dollars. I'm sorry. People may want to suck that dick, but fuck that shit, man. And this is why I stay calling him the 647 little bitch. And last week, and, and I'm giving you the chance to take it back. Last week, you shut. Last week you said you said I should stop calling him the six foot seven little bitch. Currently now Sunday nine oh seven p.m. Do do you still go by that? It is very very hard to dispute anything you said. I I I got nothing. I got nothing. We saw Thursday. We saw a little bit of yesterday, and we even saw today. He had a chance to either put the Yankees up, give the Yankees the lead, and he had a special opportunity. I think it was either fourth or fifth inning. He had two on with one out, and what did Judge do? He grounded into a double play. You can't, you can't. And three for fourteen is unacceptable. And so I, I just um I gotta give it to you. I gotta give it to you. There's nothing I can say. And I wanna say for the record, I am a judge fan. I have his jersey. But I wanna call out the hypocrisy. We are we are criticizing judge. But I promise you, not a single Yankee fan will do it. They'll they'll make an excuse, they'll find a way because they like him. Yes, Judge Chambers, he's a nice guy. All the excuses you can put in the book. But Stanton's hitless, and Stanton's still getting booed. So why is pe- why are people not being hard on Judge? Even though Stanton had a better postseason than Judge the year before. So I wanna know. Yes, you have the right to call him six foot seven little bitch, so I'm agreeing with you. But I wanna know. Why are people not taking Judge to task for not coming up big when the team needs them? You know what? Why don't you make a poll? A four-spot poll? Phrase the question. 
This is for all Judge fans. And this is for the people that boo Stanton and talk shit about Stanton. But you will refuse to boo Judge or talk shit about Judge. Why is that? And whatever the poll options you want to put, that's up to you. Um, but I I need to know this answer. You know what I'm saying? And we're about to have David Grum now. We're going to talk Women's March Madness. We're going to talk Men's March Madness. Congratulations to Stanford. Um, their head coach passed the legendary... Pack uh, Summit. There you go, there you go, there you go. Pat Summit with over a thousand plus wins. Um, and it's very, very good. And the Women's March Madness was a fantastic March Madness. Congratulations, Stanford. And we're going to talk some NFL, some NBA, and a little Major League Baseball. We are with the man, the savant, a great friend of the program. He's been on the pod many, many times before, and that's David Grubb. How, first of all, happy Easter to you if you celebrate it, and how has your weekend gone so far? It's been busy, you know, uh, first weekend of the baseball season, of course, and I uh, started working with um, MLBbro.com, um, doing content for them, and then, of course, you know, all the stuff we got going around with the Pelicans the last week or so, so it's uh, been busy, but a uh, good weekend. Nice, nice, and I'm not sure, I'm not sure if you're currently watching now, but Shohei Otani is pulling a Babe Ruth, he started the game, they're about to go to the top of the second now, the game's on ESPN, top, top first, through as high as 101 miles per hour, shutout inning, and he's batting second, his first at bat, he homers, to to deep to right. So he's been if he's healthy, he's just so talented. And I'm glad at the very least that the Angels are not restricting him. You know, like they have never from the beginning said he's this or that. And I think a lot of people want them to decide that um and make him either a pitcher or a hitter. But if you've got players, you can do stuff. Like, haven't we learned this in sports by now? That if you have people who can do things, you let them do them. It's their career, um, and if they're comfortable with it, they're not getting hurt. It's up to you to work on a plan, but let a tiny play. I agree, David. Uh, David, it's your boy Jay. Man, it's been a while, man. How you been, man? Um, I'm doing well. I know we're going I know we're going to talk women's, um, and um, we'll talk about the NCAA for the men's and women's in a bit, but this is something important that, I have, that I'm, I'm sure you're aware of, what's going on with the Vancouver Canucks. You know, they have 16 total, um, total players uh, that are in COVID protocol. Apparently, there's a, Brazil, there's a Brazilian variant going on in Vancouver. Um, there was um, a couple of um, players up in, um, in Vancouver are not doing well. Um, three Canucks coaches have tested positive. Many of their family and players have tested positive and experienced um, experiencing symptoms. So, if you heard about it, what are your thoughts about that? Because it's getting real bad up there in um, for Vancouver. Yeah, 
absolutely is. And, I mean, I think it's probably likely that they're going to end up canceling that season for them. They're going to have, I mean, we saw it in college basketball this past year where you had teams that couldn't complete conference play um, and had it in their seasons just because they had too many stoppages due to COVID. Well, this is, you know, two thirds of your team. Um, has has COVID, and like you said, it's it's beyond that, and you have to do this contact tracing. And Canada's already been very strict, as we've seen with the Blue Jays, with the Raptors not being able to play in Canada uh, because of their uh, desire to keep uh, contact tracing as close as possible. Um, it, it's it's hard for the NHL to justify allowing this team because again you have to make sure what the long-term ramifications are for health you can't have players die you can't have family members of players die um during the season and then let those guys keep going back out on the ice it's just it's not fair to them it's not fair to the other teams because i think there's going to be a higher rate of fear among those players um and and no one wants to get. No one wants to be the league that allowed people to die. I mean, it's just that simple. So I think if you're the NHL, at the very least, you know, all these games are forfeits because you're not going to reschedule them. So I'd be just be calling them forfeits until you have some idea. Otherwise, I'm canceling uh, the the Canucks for the season. I mean, look at the look at the Nationals. The whole entire series against the Mets postponed. Tomorrow, their first game against the Braves postponed. Postpone right now. If if I'm the Braves, I'm demanding the rest of the series to be postponed, and that puts that puts the Nationals where the Marlins and the Cardinals were last year, because now they're they're gonna have to play a lot of double headers, and it helps them that their first two series are against NL East teams, but but what if their first two series was let's say Rockies and Dodgers, you know? Then that means you got to do a West Coast trip in September when when you're trying to be done with the season. You know, it's 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 just not good. And just real quick before we go on to basketball, just with Otani, this is completely unsustainable if he is going to be a starter. It'd be more doable if he was in the bullpen or or for him to stay a starter, it has to be like Japan. Japan starters pitch once a week. So, like, for example, before Tanaka joined the Yankees, Friday was his day. So, regardless what happened, so, so that's what the Angels are going to have to do. Sunday is all tiny day. And then what you do... Monday, Tuesday, nothing. Wednesday, DH. Thursday, DH. Friday, nothing. Saturday, a small bullpen. And no, I'm talking, no, you're, no, talking you're wasting it. You're paying him all that money and he's only going to play four days out of the week? No. That's if he's no. going to start. That's if he's going to no. start. Even if he's a starter, you can play him more than that. We're acting like... Like if he even if he's DHing every day, even if he were DHing every day, he gets he's not gonna be. If you keep him on a, on a he's not your top starter. You keep him on the back end. You limit his pitch count. You say he's a hundred and done. But why why does he have to, why does he require that much rest? 
the body. The Japanese pitchers, the one thing that they're they're not used to is not throwing on their days off. They may only pitch one day a week, but they throw every day. Uh, for example, for example, for example, what if he throws a hundred pitches tonight and then and then tries to bat tomorrow? His his shoulders gonna fall off. His arms gonna fall off. His legs are gonna be so tight. He's he's not even gonna be able to stand in the box. How do you know that? Are you his body? That's for anybody's body. Nope. No, no one's body bounces body. back that quickly. There are guys. There are guys who are built and they look like they are made out of granite and they're on the injured list every other week. And there are other guys who look like they are fat tubs of lard and they play every night. It's the it's up to the team to monitor and it's up for the individual to be honest about his physical condition. When you know yourself, look at a guy like you take it like an Ichiro whose body he did not trust to his organization at all. It was Ichiro's plan, Ichiro's stretching, Ichiro's this, Ichiro's that. And dude is still out there swinging the bat the same way, even though, you know, showing up at Mariners camp and hitting the ball the exact same way as he was when he was 30. And it's just, I think if you take care of your body, you can't anticipate that people are going to break down. I think that's part of the reason we our pitchers now are so much weaker is because we've become this thing where it's, you know, everybody's going to break down pitching. You can overuse people, absolutely. But you can also condition athletes. Yes, there are only so many throws in everybody's arm. But you have to condition yourself to throw. If you're never conditioned to throw, yeah, your arm is probably not going to hold on to it. But you don't overthrow him either. And I don't think he's been overthrown through his career up to this well, point. Of course not, because he had Tommy John last year. But but I'm, I'm just saying, you know, look at... Look at the perfect example. The Deion Sanders 30 for 30, right? He plays in a World Series and the Falcons the same day. He was able to play the baseball game fine. He gets on the chopper, flies to the game. He said he had to take IVs. He was gassed the whole entire second half. Baseball in the same day. He played football, traveled, and played baseball in the same day. That's not what you're asking Otani to do. You're not asking him to play corner, cover corner in the NFL for 60 minutes and then go play a baseball game. That's not what you're asking Otani to do. That's not what you're asking Otani to do. I don't think that's an apt comparison. But what if if you want him to start and hit, right? Wouldn't you want him to be successful at both? Who's if you've never seen him do it? Why are you saying the old, like you're 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 setting the parameters before you know the experiment can work? Because or not. it's just anybody. So param- it's you if, are, if, you, if you don't rest. That's not how. No, no. There's nobody that works like anybody. There's nobody that works like anybody. There are things that you can test for. It's the same thing when we say when we talk about body fat percentage. And in one person, a 10% body fat percentage can be horrid. And on another person, 10% body fat can be great. It's all about the individual. You can, we can, there's no such thing as a blanket physical statement we can make about people because otherwise there'd be no way to explain why so many athletes do things that others can't. That is true. That is true. Now, 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 let's transition to basketball. Well, we're going to talk about the ladies first. Um, obviously, Stanford won the championship. Um, so, are you? What do you think of Stanford's season? And 
were you surprised that Arizona knocked off UConn and the skilled freshman Paige Beckers? I was less surprised about Arizona beating UConn than I was about Stanford winning the championship. Um, I think um, I think UConn, you know, the, the last couple of years, UConn has been beatable. They've not been the same team. And, and um, you know, I think college, the, the great thing about women's college basketball is it's no longer uh, a four or five team tournament where it used to be, oh, it's Tennessee, UConn, um, you know, maybe Rutgers or maybe this school or that school. But now they're legitimately. 10, 12 programs that can come in and win championships. And that's exciting. Um, so I think when you look at what Arizona has done and the, the jump that they made, you know, talking about three wins two years ago, they won the NIT last year and then this year they make it to the Final Four. Um, you know, that's a program on the rise and they've built themselves quickly and you have coaches who have caught lighting in a bottle. We'll see if it's sustainable. But I think when you look at UConn, yeah, Paige Bucher. She's great. She's fantastic. She's not the whole team. You know what I'm saying? And it doesn't matter. No matter what in basketball, you can be singularly great. But if the other team is better than you that day, it just doesn't matter. Jordan lost when he shot when he scored 63 against the Celtics. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you can be great, but there are teams that just have your number that night. Next year, I think, is when UConn will win one. Because if this girl... It's either AZ or Ozzy Fudd. If she's as good as she looks from her tape, her and Beckers are going to be an unstoppable one-two combination. Unless, unless Paige actually tries to go to court and try to see if she can get drafted. Is that a possibility? That's why I heard about that. It's possible. I think it's possible. I mean, you have time before this summer to try to get an injunction if you're her. And everybody, you know, if everybody's telling you, that this um, young woman is is already the best player in the world. And that's what you, you hear WNBA players saying. If she's that bad, why do you want to spend three more years at Connecticut? I'll be honest, I from, from looking at her passing in the, in the tournament, she's horrible at passing. She's going to have so many goddamn turnovers. The way the way she passes most a lot of the balls I've seen in the tournament, they they are gonna be pick six all night, easy easy giveaways. Point, what rookie point guard in the NBA doesn't turn it over a ton though? You know what I'm saying? Like that's the nature of the point guard position. It's the hardest position to transfer from high school to college to the pros because the the game gets it's like quarterbacks. You know what I mean? Like, the windows are tighter. The offenses, the defenses you're facing are better as a point guard. The people are longer. They're faster. They're better. And so everything that you were able to adjust to as a point guard or as a quarterback on any level, all of a sudden it gets faster and faster. Shooting is still shooting. You know what I mean? Guys oh, yeah. have to adjust to speed. Guys have to adjust to size. But point guards have to adjust it to their mind, anticipation, reading people's nuances, learning their teammates around them. It's always hard. But why should she be denied an opportunity that guys get if she's that good and somebody wants her? And I guarantee you there are enough teams in the WMA that want her. If I'm her, I'd push it. Why can't you can go to court and say, why can't I? If guys can leave after one year of high school, why can't I? But now the question is, is would she be the first pick of the draft? She would. Absolutely she would. She absolutely would. 
Depends, I mean, it depends on which team ends up with the number one pick. It always changes that. But if if she's going to be the consensus number one player, yeah, um, that I, I agree. Um, I'll, now for the men's um tournament. Now, two two part question. Number one, do you think Zag is going to win it all tomorrow? And number two, where would you rank? the game between Gonzaga and UCL and UCLA because I think it was a good game. I think the finish was great, but I don't know if it's like the best college like tournament game I've seen. So it's a two part question. Yeah, uh, A, I think Gonzaga will win it um, because I had either um, when I did my uh, my picks, it was either Gonzaga or um, Michigan winning the championship. So I'm sticking with Gonzaga at this point. They're the only one of my group left. Um, but I don't think that that game, yeah, it was a great ending. But it doesn't match Kentucky-Duke, you know, those kinds of games. Everybody tried to compare, well, this that's his Christian Leitner moment. Mm, the stakes were higher. You know what I'm saying? Like, look at the talent who was on the court at that game. Look at the two programs you're talking about and where they were. You know what I mean? You're talking about Patino. Krzyzewski, Leitner, Hill, Hurley, you know, Jamal Mashburn. I mean, this is, you're talking about Hall of Famers all over the court. Yeah, I said, yeah, I said Grant. And then, um, yeah, Grant and Thomas, you know, both of them. Yeah, Brian Davis, yeah, like, this, this is the Duke back-to-back championship teams. So, this is a Gonzaga team that's never won anything. It's never won anything. So, and it's a UCLA team that came in as an 11 seed. This isn't the UCLA of old. It's a good UCLA team that beat a very good Michigan team. But I think that the thing that makes Carolina versus Georgetown or Villanova Georgetown or Louisville Houston, those kinds of games, the reason those are those games, NC State, um, you know, beating um, Houston, the reason those games are so much bigger is because of who was on the floor and, and what the stakes really were. You're talking about a Final Four where people – like, you have no idea. We've already seen that the seating committee was so off in how they ranked teams because people didn't play enough games against each other to know who the teams were, which really good teams there were. You had so many unprecedented, the unprecedented number of transfers from last year because of COVID. So it, it, this season is just a season that feels like it's going to be completed because it has to be, again, kind of like the NBA bubble season. And you're not really ever going to think about this champion other than, man, that was the first tournament we had during COVID. There's no there's no greatness here. There's some very good basketball, but there's no greatness in this tournament. I agree. And I agree. Um, go ahead, Nick. And Otani just lined out to center field. Um, so, what do you... Because a lot of people are going to say, oh, prisoner in the moment, the game, the game just happened, you know. So, where would you, where would you rank that moment from, from UCLA and? They don't get in my top ten. Like, I mean, you'd have to say, look, the Bryce Drew shot against Ole Miss is more memorable. You know what I mean? Like, that, that swinging gate shot. I would say Gordon Hayward's miss against Duke is more memorable. Lionel Chalmers' shot against Kentucky is more memorable. 
You know what I'm saying? Like there, are, I mean, there are more memorable shots than the, I mean, I guess it was Memphis, excuse me. But I mean, there have been more memorable shots, more memorable shots. So I, I mean, it's just to me, it's it was a game because it was the Final Four, and because it was a really like you said, it was a like a long shot off the glass. But the thing about those other moments is like, again, it, it's. It just, it just didn't feel, you know what I mean? It doesn't feel like you're going to be talking about it 20 years from now. And the, the ones that I'm talking about are games that are 35, 40 years old, and we're still talking about those those ending shots because they're so – it's not even the best close in, in a UCLA game, a UCLA loss, because you would think about when Princeton beat UCLA in the second round of the tournament. Um, but 20 years ago? Right after they won the national championship, the year after UCLA won the national championship, they played Princeton in the second round and lose on a backdoor cut in the last five seconds. That's more memorable to me than, than what this game was. I mean, so it's just, it's, it's, yeah, it's a prisoner of the moment thing. We live in a social media world, so everybody got to see it. Everybody got to share it. Um, but I, I just, it does, it's a game that doesn't mean anything ultimately. Like, do you think about it? Are you going to think? Do you even think about Gonzaga being undefeated right now? Is that no. something you think about? No. Because who would they be? Honest, I actually, to be honest, I totally forgot that they were um, they were undefeated. <laughs> right? I totally forgot. Like, because you're going to look at it, they didn't have a single big out-of-conference marquee game that you're like, you know, when, when it was UNLV or when you're talking about Kentucky or something, it was a big game that they won, and I can't remember that for Gonzaga. You're like, that's a good team. There's no doubt it's a very good basketball team. I don't care about them. I mean, good good for them, and um, good for um, good for Jalen Suggs, I guess. Now, I'm going to I'm going to the NBA, and I'm going to be selfish here because, David, as you know, I'm a Knicks fan. And, I'm, and I remember... We, Remember when we had you on before, and we said if the Knicks were like at least as competent, like like what they are now, five hundred, that's enough. Everyone would give the Knicks like, oh my God, they're competing. Tom Thibodeau's coach of the year, and Brooklyn looks like they're going to win the championship. But here's a two part question: Number one, are you as a Knicks fan? surprised that the Knicks are in like either in this playoff position or in like this playing tournament position and number two I feel like the, with the whole Nets dynamic they should win the championship but I feel like something about that team I don't know if they're actually going to win the championship because Philadelphia is playing very impressive basketball right now yeah I think the Nets are set up to try to outscore everybody on their way to the championship. And I don't know if that's how it works. Because people are, again, when we talk about Golden State all the time, everybody wants to talk about Golden State's offense. We forget they were top two, three, and most, and a couple times number one in defense. That's not Brooklyn. It's not Brooklyn. So, I mean, you're going to have to see if they're going to play seven games of defense against a team like Philly. Because that's what you know Philly's going to do. And Philly has length. And that's one thing that, that you have to like about Philadelphia can do two things. They, they have more shooters than they used to, and they have more length than the Nets are accustomed to seeing on a night-to-night basis. And you have to question, when James Harden starts running around talking about, I'm the MVP, and you still got like 30 games to play in the season, you know, 22, 23 games a season, dude, your, your focus is on the wrong thing. Like, like really, it, it, that bothers me too. It's like if, if you're counting on James Harden, 
if that's who you're counting on to take you home, I worry about that. As far as the Knicks, I mean, I'm not. I mean, what are, what are we supposed to say in the Eastern Conference that's as bad as it is? You knew three or four teams were going to be good in the East. And the Knicks started really hot, and now they've fallen back into kind of, you know, this hanging around 500 spot. You'd have to figure that if, if LaMelo was healthy, the, net, the the Hornets would be further away from the Knicks. You'd have to figure if the Celtics had been healthier this year, they'd be further away from the Knicks. I mean, there are things to be... There's the, yeah, the Heat has got off switch to a bad start, and now they're healthy and they're killing people. So, I mean, the Knicks are doing something that allows them to be in close games. They beat bad teams, and that's what you're supposed to do. You beat bad teams, but they can't score enough to beat good teams. They still haven't solved the point guard problem. They still, you know, uh, I hate that Mitchell Robinson got hurt when he did. Uh, oh, he's still Yeah, he's done. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, he gets hurt, and, and I, I didn't think he was being utilized properly even when he was there uh, in the rotation. It's a better year. The Knicks aren't losers. But do you feel like, you like yeah, this is the crew that's going to go to the next level? I mean, R.J. Barrett no. is better this year. He's better. But do you feel like he's a star, or is he a good no. role player? Right, right now. And Julius Randle's your best player? You ain't going nowhere. Listen, here's what I'll say. Um, as an, I think R.J. Barrett, he has a chance to be a star. Right now, he's a very good role player. I think the Knicks are the sum of their parts. They are a team that plays defense because you know Thibodeau's going to be the, the man defense. They just don't have talent. I think that's both the Knicks. The reason why they want to make the playoffs, they want to change the perception that you know, the Knicks are like a dumpster fire team. Listen, I get it. The Knicks are not, they're not a good team. They're they are an average team. They beat the bad teams. They compete against the good teams. You know, they just, they're offensively challenged against really good teams. I think if the Knicks had um had a, a star that's not, say, Julius Randle or like or R.J. Barrett develops into a star, then, then the Knicks have a chance to like go do something. But... I think this season is more, David, as trying to re-change the perception and making the playoffs, whether it's the playing game or or making the actual playoffs. You know, it's it's a it's a step in the right direction. It's this is actually the most competent the Knicks have looked in years. Like they're they're a competent basketball team. They're a competent organization. Although James Dolan still gets in the way, not like basketball wise, but just making stupid headlines for all the wrong reasons, so he's still there, but Leon Rose is well-respected, and Royal Wide West is well-respected, so, like, at least the Knicks are, you know, are, are, it looks like they're heading in the right direction. Yes, they look stabilized. That's that's where I would say they look stabilized. It doesn't feel like from week to week something is going to happen with them, where that's where it's kind of been the last decade or so just on that part um even going i mean you know we had a two or three year period when it felt like oh mellow might you know get us to the next level but um other than that yeah for 20 something years now the knicks have just been a mess they have to find someone you know this is a perimeter player league and they need a three who's going to be a leader and and i think the best thing about the knicks is that they're still in a good financial position 
they can still unload some guys who have shown that they're just not going to make it. I mean, at least not in New York. Kevin Knox ain't going to make it in New York. You know what I mean? Like, he's, he's, he's never going to turn anything. It's time to go. And and that's fine. He might be able to, to turn it around somewhere else, but it's just not going to work in New York. And the Knicks have that flexibility, and they have enough um, resources to continue to get better players. I think that's just going to be the thing. Is can they, they, they? I think the biggest thing for the Knicks is don't swing for home runs, like, as far as free agents go, because there's, those players aren't out there. There's no need to overpay for a guy who doesn't exist. There's no one who's going to change. Who, who on the market is going to change your direction of your franchise single-handedly? There's not the, that guy available. So I think the Knicks need to just keep hitting singles and doubles and building a team, and for the first time, let the people who are in charge do that. So there was about maybe five-plus minutes talking about a non-existent team a team that's gonna take away a playoff spot from someone else, and 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 wow, and wow, I get it. Knicks wow. fans, Knicks fans are real, real desperate. They haven't had anything to be excited about in about five or six years. Um, but it's just, it's just ridiculous. You're right. Julius Randle is not the answer. He's not. He's 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 over the hill. He's dirty. He's 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 playing really well. But come on. Realistic expectations, maybe one playoff win, maybe, and and every Nick friend will celebrate it as if they won the finals. It's it's kind of pathetic, but the, the Brooklyn Nets. Oh, yes, oh, oh, it's, I would it's, say it's, that. It's, yes, yes, I would yeah, not celebrate a one yeah. like a, a sweeper. You don't celebrate that. You say, okay, well they made the playoffs, but it means nothing because how many teams have we seen that make the playoffs one year and everybody's like that team's on the rise. And next year they don't ever make the playoffs. The Knicks have to be consistent. It, it's got to be consistent. It can't just be you make the playoffs one year and they think. And by the way, when you say taking the playoff play for someone, who? Who? Look at the East. In the East. East. There's, no the East. There's no one in the East who? just stealing a spot. There's no one in the East just stealing something. Toronto stinks. Detroit stinks. Cleveland stinks. Who? Orlando stinks. Orlando stinks. Who, man, who? Tell me who. The, the Knicks are going to be in the top ten. Whether they're in the six, seven, eight, nine, or ten, the Knicks yeah, are going to Yeah, and they're going to get their ass beat. So playoffs. what's the point of them making the playoffs? But what's the point of the, the, the play-in, yeah, the the play then? If you're saying that yeah. if it's because the Knicks you're are right, going right. to get past there's the zero, There's zero a, point in the play-in. It's, it's just for more revenue. So, so that's, that's a bigger is. question. It has nothing to do with the Knicks because there's always teams at the bottom of the playoffs who are going to get their asses swept. We don't stop the playoffs because teams get swept. What you're saying, with the big thing for me is, if the Knicks make it to the postseason, number one, it doesn't really change anything other than for next year. As you say, look, we made the playoffs. And when you're making pitches to other veterans who are going to fill in those blanks, because you're going into the draft, you're trying to get a star. You're hoping you find somebody there who's going to be an immediate contributor. You can't draft a developmental player this year. So what you're trying to find are more veterans who can fill in those blanks around Randall and around Barrett who are your guys that you have set up as your two elite scorers. You hope you get Robinson back healthy and he can develop into more of a, a space occupying four where he can shoot it from, from distance a little bit better. And then you go find a legitimate center 
that can play up front and you find a legitimate point guard somewhere, either in the draft, but you need a veteran behind and not Derrick Rose. That ain't the answer either. And so that's where the Knicks have to build is around the edges because they're not going to get, there's no free agent this offseason. Not Lonzo Ball, not anybody that's going to solve their problem by overpaying and spending $30 million a year on somebody. That guy ain't out there for the Knicks. But uh, before before James got Nick obsessed and he kind of ruined me asking my question, you know, because he just gets so butthurt about a trash team. The Brooklyn Nets, you know, Kevin Durant could be playing tomorrow. Who knows? But he's he's the key. Even if LeBron's back, even if Davis gets gets better from and and he just got into an accident by the way too, but. If it's if it's just LeBron and Davis and the Lakers versus Harden, Kyrie, and the Nets, that's not good enough. But now, if you have I think KD, you make a big assumption that the Lakers getting past the second round. It's a big assumption that the Lakers gonna get past round two because you count on healthy LeBron and healthy AD. Right, 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 right. right. That's what I'm counting on. If they have that. I'm I'm pretty sure they close to the finals. If they don't have that, I don't think they cruise they to the won. finals even if LeBron and AD are healthy. They don't really? cruise to the finals even if LeBron and AD are healthy. That team is not that good. Like, so look, who do you got representing the West? I mean, you still you can't you cannot tell anybody that Utah's out of it. You can't you can't tell me as far as like it's to me the Clippers and Utah have the two best rosters in the West. It's like it comes down to whether or not Donovan Mitchell is ready to grow up, and then we got to see what Denver looks like. They have they haven't been together exactly. long enough, so we'll yeah, see what Denver looks like. But if they're healthy, if Denver's healthy, you have to say now their top five is better than the Lakers' top five. Absolutely, especially with the rise of Michael Porter Jr. I mean, come on, yeah. So I mean, you have no one on the Lakers that can guard Michael Porter Jr. You know what I mean? And you say, and they certainly can't guard Jokic with the Andre Drummond. Yeah, and you're, and you're not going to waste AD guarding him out there. And then you've got Aaron Gordon, who has guarded everybody from point guards to centers, who's now going to be playing you know, a very versatile role for them. If Denver's healthy, I mean, the Lakers don't want to play. Who do the Lakers want to play in round two? Who do they want to play in round two? Because they're not going to get a top three seed. It ain't going to happen. So they're probably, they could fall as far as five or six. Wow. And if you're the Lakers and you're in five or six and you got to go on the road in the playoffs and it's not to the Clippers in round two or something, and you got to actually travel and they're not healthy, man, I, I, I don't really love the Lakers. They, and, and what they did is they sold their soul for last year. It was like the A-Rod thing. It was like you, you got LeBron and you get one ring out of it. Yankees, all the money they spent on A-Rod, they got one ring out of it. And I think that's what you end up with this here is that LeBron's body – no matter what shape you keep it, eventually body tells you no. And AD's body always tells him no. It always tells him no. And that's why he signed that deal. Remember he said, I, can't, I tend to get hurt, so I'm yeah. going to sign this deal? Yeah, all right. Yeah. Yeah. He lets well, you know. Well, I got to be honest. I'm I'm happy to hear all this because I don't want to see LeBron get another ring. So who is the best Western Conference team to match up against the Brooklyn Nets? I mean, you. I really like. I, I mean, I have to say, either be Utah or Denver. As far as yeah. man for man, it's Utah or Denver. 
because I think the one thing is that the Clippers' problem would be is that the Clippers don't present enough of a balance inside. You have to be able to punish the Nets inside for the fact that they don't have guys down there who can, like, pretty good for they going to defend. You know what I'm saying? Like, DeAndre Jordan's not the same guy he was. If you can't get make them do something on inside and the Clippers really don't get a lot of points in the paint, um, I think that hurts them. But Rudy Gobert can stand there, and he's going to make sure that nobody drives in. And then with Denver, they've got enough guys who can switch, who can stay in front of. What you're going to do is if I'm playing against Brooklyn in a seven-game series, I'm going to do what everybody did to Houston. I'm playing tight on anybody who ain't James Harden. And I'm saying tonight, James Harden, you got to score 60, but you ain't getting 10 assists. And you're not going to get free throws. I'm not fouling you. I'm not sitting here trying to trap you. I'm letting you go off. But I'm staying with Kevin Durant, and I'm staying with Kyrie Irving because Kyrie Irving is a lot less effective without the basketball. He, and if you don't give him clean looks, then he can get frustrated. And I think KD, again, he's a guy who doesn't want to have to handle the ball all the time, and so I'm going to lean on him. I'm going to put guys like – if I put Aaron Gordon up under um, KD for seven games, it's not going to feel good. You know what I'm saying? Like, Eric Gordon's a strong dude, and that's who you have to have to mess with Kevin Durant. It's not just length. You better have somebody with some bounce and some strength. I agree. I want to transition to the NFL. Um, the, obviously, we know the Jaguars, they're going to take each other more. I think that that's shut coach. Now, the Jets are a very interesting case. I think Sam Darnold is likely going to be gone. Um, do you think they go Wilson? They go Fields? And and what happens with the 49ers after they trade up to, to three? Because now the 49ers are dropping the quarterback. So where do you think the Jets go and where do you think the 49ers go? I'm really interested in what the Jets do. Because I think Justin Fields has gotten a really um, bad, um, for some reason, like he didn't do anything wrong, but his stock dropped. And I didn't get that. You know, um, so I, I just wonder why people have him going so much lower in the first round now. Um, I think Wilson would probably, if, if, if in all likelihood, I think Wilson would be the second quarterback taken. I think there are a number of things that would prevent Trevor, uh, I mean, not um, Trevor Lawrence, but I think that would pre- pre- prevent Fields from getting drafted by the Jets. I think there's a perception um, issue of dual quarterbacks with the Jets and trying it with Geno Smith and trying it with and saying that they know that no, we want the standard passer. That's who, the guy that we want. And I think Wilson is a, a great prospect. Um, everybody who I talk to measures quarterbacks says that he's, he's a lot of them like him better than Trevor Lawrence. Um, and so uh, I think the Jets are having an interesting decision to make. But I think, yeah, that third spot, when San Francisco moves up, if everybody's saying they're going to take Mac Jones, then then, then I, I I would be, I would be least surprised if they take Mac Jones because he's the one that's most ready to come in and play. Um, but I think also I, I, I was just surprised that San Francisco made that move because I think they blew that deal. I think they made a bad deal to move up in a draft that's deep with quarterbacks. You know, David, you just broke my heart. Mac Jones better not go to the 49ers. Nope, it better not happen. He needs to go to the Patriots. That's that's where he needs to go. He'll succeed. He won't be there. available for them. Why not? 
he won't be available for because I, I firmly believe that the, that San Francisco moved up to take somebody who was if you're gonna bench Garoppolo Fields. and that they're not gonna take right 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 nobody feels that he's gonna step in and start from day one. People think Mac Jones can come in and step in and start from day one. And you look at what San Francisco has offensively. You've got your deep threat. Right? You got Debo Sanders out there who's, who can kill it. You got the best tight end possibly in football and kill. And then you got you got a power running game, a solid offensive line that has shown that they can win with quarterbacks who are not Garoppolo because it won with Nick Mullins. It won, you know, it's won with other quarterbacks, even when Garoppolo's hurt before. So, and then you give them a, a guy who can um, call plays in Shanahan as well as just about anybody else in the NFL, even though he makes some stupid mistakes at times. But as far as his play calling ability, and then what hasn't Mac Jones, as far as pressure goes, to step in in San Francisco and, and, and to have that image on him, look, that's a, that's, he stepped in at, at Bama. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it, it, the guys in front of him all had national championships, and he goes out there and breaks both their records in his one full year as a starter. So, I mean, I think Mac Jones is the is, – if San Francisco moved up, who else would they be moving up for? I don't know, but two-part question. One, what was it like seeing the man, Tom Brady, Win a seventh Super Bowl, and this this also shut a lot of people up with the baby goat stuff. Will Patrick Mahomes ever catch Tom Brady? I don't think anybody's gonna catch Tom Brady, but that's like it's not the Tom Brady Award; it's the Super Bowl trophy. So, like again, it still sits a lot on New England, and Tom Brady did not have. If it, I thought. And I'm not saying this as, as a Brady hater. I'm a Michigan fan. Tom Brady, you know, I still uh, will talk about the Orange Bowl where Michigan beat Alabama and Brady threw for five touchdowns. I love that game. Um, and I rooted for Tom Brady for most of his career. He's kind of, a, you know, there are things that I don't like about him um, off the field. But, um, you know, this year I thought the defense for, for, for Tampa Bay was the biggest difference in the postseason. Tom Brady didn't have a great game when they beat New Orleans. He didn't have a great game against um, Washington. He didn't have a great game in the Super Bowl. The defense was great every single one of those games. I mean, he did throw three touchdowns in the Super games. Bowl. Yeah, he also, he also looked mediocre at times, too. I mean, they held the Chiefs to nine points. They held the Chiefs to nine. Which one did you think was more likely? Tom Brady throwing three touchdowns with the defense holding the Chiefs to nine. Three touchdowns. So I mean, it, it's you, it, it was it was likely. I mean, you know, I did a gambling uh, podcast before the Super Bowl. It was like, why would you not bet on Tom Brady being M- MVP of the Super Bowl? Because if the Bucks win, he's the only one who's going to get it. There was no way. It didn't matter if he had thrown one pass and the Bucks won. Tom Brady was going to get the Super Bowl MVP. So I mean, I. I, I Look, he's got seven. I mean, it, 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 that's the conversation. But that doesn't make him the greatest player in team sports. Yogi Berra's got eight championships. Nobody's saying Yogi Berra's the greatest baseball player of all time. Um, so, I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to – yeah, I agree, David. Now, I'm going to be selfish here. I want to talk about my Giants. Obviously, um, you know, since Nick wants to talk about his Patriots, I'm going to talk about the Giants. Um, Giants made some interesting signings. Ken Galladay, they signed some – from, from Detroit, although he does have injury history, um, they signed Dory Jackson. Um, there, I guess what 
the Giants are trying to do is figure out if Daniel Jones is a competent quarterback. And now with the 11th pick, a two-part question. Number one, do you like the signing that the Giants did? And number two, if you're the Giants, now that you address the receiver position, you address the number two corner outside um, James Bradbury, would you go edge rusher? Even though this is kind of a weak, a weak class, would you go offensive tackle to improve the line? Would you draft another receiver like Devontae Smith? Where do you think the Giants, if you were the Giants, where would you go with the 11th overall pick? Hey, never draft for need. You know, I, I'm, I'm having watched the Saints run their draft year in and year out the last, ever since they brought in Jeff Ireland um, after that third straight 7-9 and nine season. And you look at the Saints drafts each of the last um, four years. They've been outstanding, and they get great value um, because they have a, a, a plan going in of we take the players that we you know, have rated highest. And I think when you reach for need, you end up taking somebody you may not have wanted. I don't think you can ever have too much talent on your team. If I had if the best player on my board is an offensive lineman, I'm taking a lineman. If the best player on my board is a quarterback, take the quarterback. But if you start reaching, and like you said, this is a draft that probably, look, receiver-wise, I'm not taking a receiver in round one. This is a draft that is, no. it goes five rounds deep with receivers, maybe six. Take the, you don't need a receiver in round one. The things that are going to be in short supply, like you said, are most likely your, your defensive line. Um, uh, that's the thin, that's a thin spot, but there's a lot of corners in this draft. There's a there's not a, I don't I don't know how great a tackle draft this is. Probably not that great as far as a tackle draft, but there's some good offensive linemen out there. Um, outside of Roquan Slater and Panay Swell, the tackle class is pretty weak. Right. So, I mean, this is predominantly a guard, but you can but a, I mean, look, teams are you're built with some great guards right now. And if you can get people who can who can maybe develop into tackles, then that's what you do. But yeah, the whole thing has to be we gotta protect Daniel Jones and we gotta find out if he's a legitimate quarterback. That, that's it. That's what this whole thing is about. Because Saquon Barkley, I, at this stage, you're saying I don't know if we can count on him. He's as talented as he is. He's also a running back, so he's he, he, that's just the nature of the beast is he's replaceable. But we've signed Daniel Jones. We've said he's our quarterback. This is really your last chance. Do we put enough stuff around him? And Galladay is a guy who can make some great catches. Is an outstanding route runner. He's just got to be healthy. But that's the thing with the Giants every year, isn't it? Can they stay healthy? No, it's always health. It's always health with the Giants. And even in a weak division, they had a chance to win that division. I know, surprisingly, in a very terrible division. But, you know. And all you need is some Ingram. good quarterback play. Because look around that yeah. division. Who are the other quarterbacks? Ryan you know, you're Patrick, talking about Washington. Daniel, Ryan, Ryan Patrick, Patrick, Hurts. And then you're talking about, and then, yeah. So, I mean, it's it's not a division. And, and you're talking about a Dak Prescott who's coming off of an injury. So nobody knows what the good Dak's going to be. So, yeah, it, it's still a division that even if Dak comes back, you're still saying you can win this division with nine wins. Yeah, especially with the extra play for with the extra um, – Extra game match. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like, nine and eight. Nine and eight wins that division because you look at the Giants and and Washington have probably two of the best defense in the division. And it comes to, like you said, if Daniel Jones can be competent, I'm not asking for a lot, David. I just want him to be competent. If he can be competent and the Giants win that division, 
I will be happy. If Daniel Jones turns into fumbleitis, like can't hold on to the ball, and just, you know, being all like, I'm gonna I'm gonna lose, I'm gonna throw interceptions left and right, right, then the Giants are in deep, deep trouble and Dave Gilman is fired. Yeah, it's definitely on a hot seat anyway. Um, the trailer came out yesterday, and me and James really didn't like it. I think Cartoon LeBron looks trash, and I, I'm not sure how good this movie's gonna be, because the trailer is supposed to make you excited about the movie. That's supposed to draw you in, it's supposed to get you hyped. And I didn't think it was that good. So, did you like the trailer? And do you think Space Jam 2 will be a letdown? I think it can only... It's been long enough that I don't think it can be um, a letdown. Because it's only a letdown for the people who it means something for. I think and I think it would be a letdown no matter what. Because the way it is now, you're you're a Jordan person or you're a LeBron person. So, I think that... that if your condition kind of like if you if you love Jordan if you love the first one nostalgia in and of itself is gonna say it can't be better than that one, um, but I didn't really get it. You know what I mean? Like I was looking at it, and I'm like, well, why are they talking about Superman and the Iron Giant and all this stuff? And you know, it's just gonna be the Looney Tunes on the team. Like, why are we going through this whole process? Why are we doing this? And then when you see the other. You kind of see these glimpses of the other players, and Anthony Davis is kind of a pelican, and Diana Taurasi is in it, and you see these things, and it's like, I guess, I mean, you know, okay, you've done it, and you spent this money on it, and it'll make money, because the first one, it wasn't like Jordan was going to win an Oscar for his acting in the first one. Right. It, it was there to make money, and this one will make money, and it'll make probably $150 million, and people will go see it all over the world, but if we're judging this on whether it's art or not, then we probably just, I mean, you know, we're the wrong folks anyway. Because it's, it's, do you want to like it or do you not? Because if you don't, you won't. And if you do, you probably will. And so, it just, I'm not going to go see it. I mean, I'll watch it when it comes on, you know, whatever TV and I don't have to pay for it. But I ain't going to the theater to pay, put more money down and go watch LeBron at Space Jam. <laughs> yeah, no shot, no shot. Um, um, a few quick things, um, I'm back with the NBA, um, this draft is pretty deep, and obviously, Kate Cunningham looks like he's going to be the number one overall pick, and judging from this tournament, was this tournament to you kind of like a meh? Because it didn't feel like, it didn't feel like the tournaments from years past, like, it, it just, it didn't, like, it's hard for me to get excited, like, you know, it was great, the nostalgia, the games are great, but... Let's be honest, like, it just, it didn't feel like, a, it didn't feel like a true NBA tournament to me, because everyone was in one location, no one traveled due to COVID, and, you know, listen, we're going to crown the winner, and, and, and probably going to be Gonzaga, good for them, but it doesn't really feel like a tournament to me, to be honest with No, I think this is, like I said, I think this, this will go down as just the fact that it was played, and that's what people will talk about, but the controversies around the NCAA are bigger than this whole tournament. You know, all the things the NCAA has done wrong, and the Supreme Court case that they're dealing with. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, so the, you know, all the way up to the Supreme Court, um, you know, arguments being heard this week. That's what I'm going to remember about this year. Um, but, no, look, unless, unless it's your team, this year, 
there are no memorable moments. And there are shots, yes, there's shots that got made and all this, but it's nothing. There's nothing. I just, this is not a year that I'm going to go back and say, man, I'm so, that was just one of those great NCAA tournaments. There's no stars. It's, it's different. And college basketball is going to have to realize this too. If it ain't for the gambling right now, the tournament don't yeah. matter. Basically, there was no bracket. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. No one cares. We don't care anymore. You care about your school. You know what I mean? Like if you have a particular school. But other than that, it doesn't have because we're all tired of the NCAA. We're all, well, not all of us, but enough of us have become aware of the fact that the NCAA is a scam. And yeah, we're scam. We're just. You're in it because you're used to it, but you're kind of tired of the show. You're ready to see what's next. Who's going to come along and do this better? So let's just say we fast forward to next March. March Madness all over again, and NCAA does bad by the women. Crappy food, crappy living area, crappy weight room. Do you think it'd be in the women's team best interest to just not play? Not now. Um, you know, I think they've given and gotten to this point. Um, for them to stop, there's going to be too much of, and this is the world we live in, frankly, but who cares? They're ungrateful. Uh, let them miss it. And that's just that's just how you you know you read the, the comments on Twitter or, or whatever social media and how how stupid people are, and they'll say even the women's ratings are higher than the men's ratings this year. Um, but for them to give it up now, um, I think what what we need to see is next year are women demanding. You know, like they weren't even on the they didn't even have a representatives at the table when they're talking about preparing this tournament. So if you don't have player representatives, you don't. If you don't have women intimately involved in the production of these things, if you don't have women at the seats having the discussions, then how can you do this right? And when you have Mark Emmert saying on one day we messed this up, and then the other one saying, "Well, that wasn't our intent. We were gonna. That was just a staging area. We were gonna." No, dude. I mean, like it, it, the the stuff. The standard has been set now, and we saw it with the WNBA. And now we're seeing it with women's college basketball players. We're seeing it with women's tennis players. Um, we're seeing it. Women have been far more active in fighting for players' rights as of late than the men have. And I don't think that's going to stop anytime soon. And now, speaking of now, the NFL. Now, obviously, um, Bill Belichick's making moves. You know, Bill Belichick wants to, like, he, didn't, he doesn't want to be, uh, oh, he didn't want to be Buffalo's um, bitching boy, but he probably will be because Buffalo's still going to be the best team in the division. Um, so assuming that the um, that they got the weapons for um, Cam and whatnot, is New England even better than Miami? Because they ain't better than Buffalo. <laughs> I mean, that's, a, that's a, a hard question to answer because remember, New England had so many players opt out last year, and most of those were defensive players. Um, so the, the strength of New England's team the last two to three years had been that defense. And they didn't have that uh, together with them last season. Uh, Cam Newton can't be worse. Uh, and, and, I, and, I, and I don't say that to mock Cam because I think Cam is, is one of the most underappreciated quarterbacks we've ever had in the NFL. I think people forget how truly unique his MVP season was. Um, the, 
it's rare that one person has to carry that much of a load for a franchise. I mean, people who look at Lamar Jackson say, look at all this. Cam did that with people that you can't even name today. Um, so I, I'd love to see him bounce back. Um, but they didn't have weapons. They didn't have a running game. They didn't have receivers. They didn't have a tight end. They didn't have anything. They didn't have an offensive line. They didn't have defense. I don't – and they've spent a ton of money this offseason, which is not something that the Patriots typically do. But Bill Belichick, the one thing you know about him is that he's not going to have two he's, – he's not going to have two bad seasons if he can avoid it at all. They're going to get the favorable schedule um, because of how badly bad they were last year. And we have to remember, too, there were maybe two or three games early in the season that could have gone either way for them, uh, that they lost late. And they could have been a better team with that. So I, I don't think the Patriots are bad. But the Dolphins, if, if Tua can just not turn it over, Brian Flores has done a hell of a job. And if you, that's a guy, too, who needs more respect on his name. Because Brian Flores, good God. Put some, put some respect on Flores' name, man. Put some respect. He brought respectability back. And I still think the, the reason why I asked, I still think the Bills are the crap of the AFC. The Jets are still going to be the bottom beaters, but... Do you think the Patriots are going to be are going to be getting one of those wild card spots? Because like, I keep telling, I keep telling like, like the culture improved. I keep saying like the top. I mean, I'm, they still have Carson Wentz. Like that's the thing that bothers me. The Colts are great everywhere uh, except for Carson Wentz. I love everything about him. Dude, he's been benched every year of his career. He's not even league average. His numbers are horrible. Finishes it off tomorrow. 
would you put them in the same level as the Indiana team? Yeah, about it because about the same as talent. Yes, in that Indiana team, you look at it, it had some very good college basketball players, but none of those players went on to to be outstanding NBA players. I think the best NBA player they had on that roster was Quinn Buckner. So Quinn was a good player, not a great player. Um, so I, that's where I put this Gonzaga team. It's like you're a really good team that got hot, had a, an awesome season, fantastic to you. But you're not going to go up there with the UCLA's. You're not going up there with even the, the, the Dukes or the UNLV or Carolina teams of, of, of recent vintage. None of those. None of them. There are teams that lost championships that are better than this Gonzaga team. So I'm not going to put them up there with the greatest of the great. But I'd say, yeah. They're as good as the 78. I'd put them up there with that 78 Indiana team as far as talent. Um, my, last que- um, my last question before we get you out of here, and um, listen, like, it's not my fault that the Patriots are now entering mediocrity, and we love it out here because they will, the Patriots fans get to your question. I'm just saying. Get to your I'm question. Saying, David, they, don't remember, they don't remember the Dark Ages. Now, my question to you is, in the NBA, um, if the Brooklyn Nets do not win a championship with this roster, with the, with the roster they have, because they have basically three of the top players, um, how much of a fail will this experiment be in Brooklyn? Because they should win. It'd be as big a fail as I, I, I guess it would just be the second, the biggest fails, you know, since they tried it with. Um, KG and Paul Pierce and, and all those guys and Darren Williams and all that. And that didn't work. That wasn't nearly as talented as this team as far as at the top. These are three guys who are, um, you have three guys who are MVP candidates sort of. Um, and, and as far Right. So um, it would be huge, but you can also see that this team is incomplete because would it be any worse than Miami not winning it their first year? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know because LeBron was LeBron, and this is pre-injury D Wade and Chris Bosh was coming off an uh, off an All Star year, All NBA year, and they didn't win it. They lost to Dallas in a really bad way. Um, would it be worse than that? I don't know because this NBA this year again, this is such a strange year, and you threw that team together on the fly. I don't know if it would be worse than that, but it would be pretty... I mean, you spend a lot of money if you don't win the championship, and you have no idea what your team is going to look like next year because you're going to be so far over the cap, and you're going to have to sign a bunch of people on minimums. It's all or nothing. Yeah, it's all or nothing for them, but it's... I don't know. Would it, do you tell me, would it be bigger than Miami not winning it their first year and losing to that Dallas team? Uh, I think it depends on who, on when the left lost. Like, if they lost to Philadelphia, I mean, that would be, it would be hard for me to say it would be big. But if they, the thing with the next team is that they're going to try to outscore people. So it's it's hard, especially because at least when, the, when Miami lost, they were a complete team. It was a normal, like, it was a normal season. It was before the NBA had a lockout, shortened season. Um... And, you know, and then Dallas, like, you know, like, I'll say this before we get you out of here. The way that the Dallas won their championship 
getting past LA, getting past the Spurs, getting past um, I think it was the Thunder, and then winning that. That was probably the most impressive championship. So I'm not gonna poo-poo that, but I think it'll be worse for the Nets because all the hype surrounding them. You know, you have three of the top ten players. All of them have two of the three are MVP candidates. Kyrie literally made a shot to save LeBron's ass in Game Seven against the Warriors. So I think it'll be even, but because of the uncertainty of this season, I, I don't know, but it, it would be pretty bad because, like you said, they're over the cap and they're going to have to do, sign some guys on veteran minimum contract. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah, because I, I wasn't one of the people who got like upset. They're like, oh, they got Blake Griffin. So? Like, yeah, okay. You got, like, He's done. <laughs> like, oh, they got Lamarcus Aldridge. Have you seen him run? Have you seen LaMarcus Aldridge run lately? He can't. So it's like, I'm not worried about those types of things. Like, oh, they get the rich getting richer. And everybody. No, the rich didn't get richer. The rich just got more famous. They just brought more famous people in. That don't mean they're good. Just because somebody got a name doesn't mean that they're worth it anymore. All right, look, just, just, just quick with the Mavs, they were doing it for Dirk. You know, you know they had Berea, they, they had Kidd. They had the pieces to get it done. LeBron, those it was fantastic to see him have those horrible, horrible fourth quarters. Let's let let. We wouldn't post up JJ Barea. That was that was like we wouldn't post up JJ Barea. Awesome. Did you really think? Did you really think they'll build that Dallas team with Burns and the Lakers and the Thunder? But 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 let's go. But that was, as a team, like as individually, no. But that's one of those groups that was better than the sum of its parts. Everybody knew their job. Jason Terry did what Jason Terry was supposed to do. JJ Barea did what JJ Barea was supposed to do. And remember, that was the core, basically, of a team that had won sixty-six games when they had, uh, when they lost to. Um, Golden State um, that year uh, early on and got Avery Johnson fired. So it's like you had a very good team there in Dallas. It just hadn't gotten over that hump. And then that year for Dirk to go off and then all of the core, all the defensive guys, you know, the Tyson Chandler's, all those guys that do what they were supposed to do um, and defend as well as they did. And then, like you said, for LeBron to, to choke essentially in five games in the fourth quarter of five of those games, it was just Oh, that, that was bad. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, the Heat were supposed to destroy Dallas. They were supposed to destroy Dallas. And that, they got worked physically. They got beat up physically by Dallas. And and let's also be real honest here, too. The only way the Nets do not win a championship this year, one of their big three has, has to be hurt. No, no, I don't think that's the only way. Because they, if they can't defend, like I said, if, if Philly can punish them, if Joel Embiid is healthy and you throw that ball into him all night, who who in, in, in uh, Brooklyn can stop him? All right. How are they all going to be able to stop Harden, Kyrie, and Katie from not dropping 40-plus? Blake Gr- How many times Blake- have we seen the Nets lose games, though, to teams that are beneath them because they didn't hit all their shots? All right, but like, that's, that's now the plus they don't have they they don't have everyone together. If if Katie's playing in all these games, they're having a lot more wins. 
I think it says something, though, when you lose the way that they've lost. If Harden is the MVP, as he keeps saying, you don't lose some of these games to these bad teams. And they've lost some games to some bad teams. That's, that's true, but... That's the part that bothers me. It's like, you can't lose those games even if you're missing Kevin Durant. That ain't a game that a championship team loses. Not with the... Not if James Harden is talking about I'm the MVP. You win that game. You're supposed to win that game. You know what I'm saying? If that's the thing, is with the... Oh, shit, Lonzo Ball got hurt. I'm sorry. I didn't mean that, but I'm watching the Pelicans game and Lonzo just went down. Oh, He's wow. grabbing his calf. Um, oh my God. But uh, will uh, revisit this closer to the NBA oh, yeah, playoffs? The playoffs. And it was fantastic having you on, David. Always a great conversation, man. Man, I appreciate it, fellas. We'll do it. Yeah, let me know, and I'll be back. All right, cool. Take care, man.